Hello, everyone, and welcome to Miss Millennial Podcast. My name is Robin. And my name is Kim. Welcome to episode four. So in today's episode, we're going to talk more about travel and really get into budgeting, how we budgeted for the trip, how we planned everything out, and, you know, just to keep costs low, some tips and tricks we can give out to you. Yep. And we're probably going to be focusing on both, oh, not probably, we are, we're focusing on domestic and international travel. We've had a couple of trips uh, these past couple years together. And so we have experienced not only planning individually ourselves, but also with other people. Because I think there's also that nuance too of balancing that uh, out with like what you're interested in versus what other people are interested in doing. So yeah, there's a, a lot of tips and tricks we've learned from the past couple years of traveling. I'd say that um, starting off with domestic travel, it's a lot more easier to plan for that just because, I mean, it's domestic travel. Like, there's a lot less you have to do and a lot less you have to kind of plan for. So usually with domestic travel, I try to budget it out, honestly, as cheaply as possible. So with hotels or Airbnbs, I tend to use Airbnbs more just because it just is a great way to save money. But not only that, it's just sometimes easier than using a hotel. I feel like uh, hotels in America, they tend to be a lot more expensive than outside. They're so expensive. Yeah, (laughs) It could be anywhere from like 100 to 200 a night for like maybe a three-star hotel and then goes Mm -hmm. up from there. So yeah. And like Airbnbs, are a lot more convenient in terms of having kitchens and stuff. Cause I know sometimes in the past, whenever I travel, if it's a lot longer of a trip, I don't want to be eating out the whole time. Like having a kitchen to be able to make breakfast or something small in the mornings. It's so much easier than having to go and grab food because breakfast can be pretty expensive depending on how many people you have in your group. But do you, when was your first time even doing Airbnb? I don't remember. I think, that is a very good question. I think that was actually when I went to Atlanta. That oh. was my very first time. Oh, yeah. How yeah. was that? Because you stayed in downtown Atlanta, right? Yeah, I stayed in downtown Atlanta. And it was like a really nice Airbnb. But we were actually like just a street over from like a bad neighborhood. I don't know if that's just like. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what part of downtown Atlanta is this? I can't remember. I honestly okay. can't remember. It was but so the apartment was looked like, really nice. I remember yeah, you FaceTiming really nice. me. I was very surprised about it, but it was, like, kind of in a bad area. So that's one thing about Airbnbs. Like, definitely check. Usually hotels are in nicer areas. At least nice hotels, they're going to be in nicer areas. And so with Airbnbs, it's really, like, a hit or miss with that kind of stuff. So really just check the area and be very wary. Because I remember one night we were coming back from dinner or something in Atlanta, and the car literally right outside of where we were staying was broken into and I had bought my my car with me and so I was very scared yeah the window was broken so I was very scared and nervous that yeah someone would be like breaking in all right guys that is not all of what Atlanta is like don't listen to her (laughs) no I'm not saying that Atlanta is all like I'm just saying that's my experience (laughs) no that that is that is pretty scary especially when you're on vacation I think my first Airbnb experience was in Toronto. And I stayed, the thing, the thing that's great about Airbnb is like kind of 
in terms of opposing like the whole places thing you were talking about, I think hotels are a lot of times placed in very touristy areas, but in terms of being able to really experience the culture there and like the local community, sometimes it's harder to really feel it when you're in a hotel versus being in an Airbnb. So when I went to Toronto, we stayed in the financial district area, which a lot of people just like, um, uh, people who work there usually live in the condos there. So it was nice because in the mornings when we wake up and everything, there wasn't just uh, people there to uh, travel. There was people who worked there and were waking up for, for work, walking around and, and all that. And it was close to the touristy attractions, like the aquarium, the CN Tower and everything, but it wasn't super close and it wasn't super expensive because it was in that um, kind of pushed out area. But it was weird too, because I remember I had to, it was like one of those really nice condos that had the scanning thing for the elevator and the front door and like a security guard. So they were like, oh, go through the side entrance so that you're not like, because I guess in that apartment complex, it was restricted to have Airbnbs. So you weren't allowed to even do it. And a lot of cases I've seen that that is an issue that I've found where there it's not necessarily Airbnb approved. Like apartments here in Seattle, a lot of them don't allow you to do Airbnb. So you have to like do it under the, under the table. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of sketchy. And so there was this one moment when the fire alarm was going off, I guess, in, in that condo that I was staying in. And the owner guy like messaged me about having the, the fire alarm was turned off or like some alarm was turned off. And I was like pretty far away at the Niagara Falls. And so I couldn't get back in time. But then he made me really worried because like they can enter at any point, you know, like they can come in and get like an enter because it's their place. Technically, they're not officially supposed to but they could so you never really know with that either versus like with a hotel but Mm -hmm. it depends yeah so I I tend to use Airbnbs a lot when I travel and I also tend to use my own car and I think Mm -hmm. when traveling domestically either using your own car or renting a car is the way to go like where I would prefer using maybe like an Uber type uh, app while overseas definitely one domestic I either mm-hmm. want to use my own car or just rent out a car because it's yeah. you end up saving a lot more money I think that way it is it's so much more efficient because whenever you add up the cost for lifts and ubers it actually is way more expensive just having like one or two trips in the beginning than and if you compare that to the gas money for the full day with even the rental of the car. So yeah, I would prefer that. It's just sometimes depending on the city, it's hard to park and everything, but I think you can figure out and find your way around even if like you're not familiar with that area as much. Exactly. So, and usually those are good ways to keep things down. Airbnbs, using your own car, honestly, or renting Mm -hmm. a car, things like that. Um, Road trips. Road trips, yes, those are the best. And so you can listen to this on your road trip. <laughs> yes, honestly, there's lots of things you can do while you're on a road trip. So those are pretty nice too. That's why it's convenient to travel domestically. And honestly, you end up just saving so much money just by doing so. Uh, because like everything's you already know. Usually you don't have a lot of the mistakes you would make while you're on an overseas vacation where you don't know like where you yeah. are. Like where you're really getting used to a whole different culture and like yeah, you're not as familiar with, with the way that things are. Like here, you're not going to be worried about street signs and stuff. You're already aware of that. Um, 
currency is exactly the same. Everything is is pretty uh, relatively on point. I think the the thing I would recommend domestically for travel in terms of food and stuff is to do your research on not just like the best places to eat in the area, but like the best affordable places to eat because there's definitely different tiers of food and you can still enjoy good food that are um, popular in that city without having to kill your bank doing by doing it. Because I know like just by being at home and stuff, like if I were to travel in Florida, I think if you Google online, best places to eat in Florida, it's always going to be like the most expensive places are going to be the top things, but they might not necessarily be the best thing to eat. So I would recommend, you know, using like the Yelp filters, like with the $1 sign, the $2 sign, filtering that down, looking at the ratings and stuff so that you can see what other locals eat rather than just, um, like what the like best places in the city are. Because a lot of times the best might just be the most expensive. So outside of all of that, we covered how we prefer to stay to save money, how we prefer to, you know, get around and eat. But outside of that, if you have to take a flight to get somewhere, there are ways you can kind of save money. And so we tend to use different apps and different kind of maybe even Facebook groups just to figure out how to get the cheapest, lowest cost. Because that's like usually flights are the biggest part of your like budget, so it's definitely something yeah. to plan for. It's definitely the biggest part of. I feel like most of the time it's usually the most expensive part, but yeah, like for app flight apps, I've definitely used Skyscanner, Hopper. Uh, what was that one? What are the Facebook groups that you use? Um, I use Secret Flying and I use Travel Pirates and they're both really great. They uh, will just put out random locations like say if it's from New York to Chicago and they found $50 flight tickets, then they'll put that out there. So not all the time it's going to be somewhere, you know, where you live, but Mm -hmm. you you usually get like a good amount of You can, you can just see like any different options or if they do have the time where they're like, oh, something from where you live to somewhere yeah. else. And that's always a great deal to try to, you know, catch just in time. Was that how you found our international flight deals? Yes, that is how I found the international flight deals. I actually saw there was like really cheap tickets from like Los Angeles to Thailand and so yeah I think so it was then, like 300 and something dollars so I, was like, I think that's what travel hack yeah let's go yeah. there's a there's a travel hack too is that you know because we were in the on the, both on the east coast at the time you can look at these flight deals that are coming out and it may not necessarily be from your city but your flight to that city might be affordable and then going from there so our flights for Thailand were about like 400 something. It wasn't bad at all because we flew from our respective cities to LA and then LA to Nanjing, Nanjing to Thailand. So it was so cheap getting like that whole round trip flight just for that amount of money. And then we also added on other flights too. So in terms of international travel though, what would be your like travel hack? Because you saw, you found some most of the flights within Asia as well. Yeah, I think the biggest travel hack is if you have enough time, like we were gone for about, I think a little bit over two weeks or maybe two weeks exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we were gone for that long. So we had enough time to go to different countries. And so if you're wanting to travel to different places, like say you want to go to Bali, usually flights for Bali are pretty expensive. So, so expensive. Yeah, they're very expensive. And so we found this really cheap flight to Thailand. And from Thailand, we were able to go to Singapore for only like in between like 30 to $50 it costs. And then mm-hmm. we went from Singapore to Bali and that was the same in between like 30 and $50. It wasn't expensive at all. And that's like one way, of course, but we planned on making it a one-way trip each time anyway. So mm-hmm. it worked out perfectly for us. Um, and so that yeah. was that's like a big tip, I think, that should be out there. If you want to go to several places and see lots of things, then definitely try to invest in these tickets that are in nearby countries because honestly if you can go go like we probably wouldn't be able to afford to go to bali just for no no like for those thousand plus tickets you know so exactly if you looked from like orlando or tampa straight to bali i bet you it would have been so expensive compared to how much we paid too so yeah definitely looking at within the countries using Google flights and stuff, looking at direct flights. I think something else that we always recommend is to actually purchase from the website itself too. So I always have this bad habit of using Priceline and like other third-party websites, which like it's not always bad, but internationally I've had so many bad occurrences with them just because Okay, so this one time, so when we were traveling in Asia, me and Robin went to Fifi Island from Phuket. Oh, no, we went to Phuket from Thailand, which is an island near, I'm like messing this up. We went from Bangkok to Phuket. Phuket is an island of Thailand. And when we were going there, I was the one to book the hotels for the Phuket destination. So I purchased that on Priceline and I didn't realize this was happening, but essentially when we got there, the front desk was not aware of our, like quote unquote, not aware of our reservation and didn't have any, um, any room available for us. Didn't allow us to even go and like settle in anywhere. We had just gotten off a long flight and went through like a crazy journey of being able to even get to the hotel with like car service issues already. So we just wanted to go drop off our stuff and go explore the islands, but they made it such a hard time. And we, they told us to contact Priceline. So I contact Priceline, uh, used like long distance calling, which is expensive, and then had to wait on the line and everything from them. Turns out Priceline actually uh, uses Agoda, which is also a third-party website too, to book. So Priceline purchased from Agoda and then Agoda purchased from this hotel. I guess the way that the situation worked out and communicated to each other, it ended up being that the price that they uh, they offered for me wasn't the price that they wanted to sell the hotel for or sell the room the room fee for the night. So then they just literally kept going back and forth with us. Just the communication was difficult because they they weren't um, we didn't speak Thai and they didn't speak English that well. So it was really difficult to be able to communicate with each other. But all in all, it was a hard situation and it wasn't necessarily either of our fault it was mainly 
the third party site's fault for not confirming everything and getting everything in order for us. So in terms of that, I would not recommend using these third party websites, especially when it comes to international travel. Domestically is a whole different story, but internationally, I wouldn't put yourself in those risky situations. And I had a similar situation happen to my flights too, because I purchased it on a third party as well. So it's just all in all better just to know and feel more reassured that way if you book directly. I completely agree. I'm like pretty much always booking directly on the website, even if I think it's going to be a little bit more expensive, just because it's a bit simpler that way. Like, you know, I've never had them like question it. Um, but yeah, I think the random times that happened to you, those were just like really like bad, yeah, weird moments. But I think it's always a little bit safer just to purchase directly from. So that's like a good, great tip that you bought up. Um, yeah. Oh, other things I would also make sure of too is like call your credit card company before you travel. I mean, if you have a travel card, they already know that you're you're going and traveling so that you may not necessarily need to notify them but notify your credit card company in advance if you're planning on using it internationally um call your cell phone company in advance too to confirm if like texting and phone calls and stuff if you're going to be charged for that at all because some people automatically either assume that they are going to be charged then they go buy like another card like a sim card and stuff but you might not necessarily need to do that um and then there's something else. Always have cash. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely always have cash. Uh, one of the first things you, you should probably do when you get to a different country is definitely try to exchange your money because a lot of, in a lot of countries, I feel like they mostly took cash. Yeah, they took cash. Um, and it was good because when we would land, well, I don't know if it's better to exchange it before you get to the island or when you get there but i we usually converted when we got there and it wasn't i don't think it mattered that much like it wasn't that big of a difference yeah, yeah so, it wasn't that much it's just and a it's lot easier. more convenient yeah like when you get off your flight and you get you exchange your money you don't have to worry about finding a place yeah. and stuff like that so yeah, try to like plan in advance in terms of like how much your budget is for shopping and stuff so that you can convert it early on because we ended up like we wanted to convert less instead of having too much and converting it back and losing money. So we converted less, but then when we got there, we had to go and convert more because we went overboard shopping in Bali. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> we had to go, we had to go somewhere and like in the middle of the night, it was so weird. And oh, yeah. we we were looking up online, like, be careful in some places, especially in Bali. There's, like, little stores that do conversions or whatever. But I, we read a lot of reviews that said that they will um, scam you in terms of how much they give you in conversion rate. So make sure that the ones you go to are, like, one of those official conversion stations, too. And you can confirm it by looking it up online. And you can also ask the local people, too. But they may lead you astray, too, depending on the place. So. Make sure that you have all your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of like, I mean, we've talked about like all the money stuff and flights. So I guess we should just go back into talking about like where to stay basically and yeah. getting around. So in terms of where to stay, when you're traveling internationally, it's really like 50-50. I think because 
when we went um, to Asia, we used an Airbnb. That was our mm-hmm. first stay, but it also had yeah. a washing machine and dryer in it. So it was a lot more convenient mm-hmm. um, than say like a hotel at the time, but we used a hotel for the rest of our stay. And that mm-hmm. was a lot more convenient because, you know, someone's coming after you to clean up behind you. Mm-hmm. And we pretty much like, if you're in an Airbnb, you're pretty much clean up after yourself. And you're pretty much like, you know, no one's just going to come yeah. behind you and like clean up your messes. Clean up. And it's harder to actually get picked up for things too. Yeah. It's a bit harder because people have to yeah. find you. And yeah. so it's a might be a little bit less convenient using an Airbnb overseas compared to a hotel where, you know, they might have breakfast for you. And they might mm-hmm. have, you know, people who can pick you up from the hotel directly. And, you know, they work in combination with some of these travel agencies that will, you know, pick you up and things like that. Whereas an Airbnb, it's just kind of like by the owner of the place. Like they're not yeah. really having their, so many connections. So, yeah. And like you, <clears throat> you also don't get to have like the, security the sense of security as much too because there's not as many people around sometimes at certain hours like if you fly in at like 1 a.m or something then an airbnb might be a lot emptier than with a hotel and hotel usually has a front desk and people always around so it really depends on what time or like what you're looking for in terms of your travel Mm -hmm. but yeah robin you usually plan so like in depth in terms of how you figure out like where you're gonna go what you're gonna eat what you're gonna do so like how do you how do you manage that like what do you what do you usually do i usually just do a lot of research like i really i i don't like not knowing basically like all my options and so i do a lot of research just to figure out like so i guess with the transportation overseas i found grab there was grab what was the other one yeah um gojack 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 yeah yeah grab was for i believe thailand and singapore and then Mm -hmm. gojack was for uh bali Bali. Mm -hmm. and so those are just like really convenient ways to get around they have their own individual apps and you can pick up like either the grabs or taxis or even a bike which I don't recommend, but you could do it. <laughs> I don't um, think we tried it. <laughs> no, I don't think we tried it, and, but it's like an option. So that's great as well. Um, but they had lots of different options in those apps. It was very convenient, extremely cheap. And so that was a big thing. Yeah. So if you're budgeting, definitely for things like transportation, research, do lots of research. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, should we tell them Oh, the airport thing? So we first oh, yeah. got to Thailand, we got a cab, like just, it was like off the side of the airport, you know, where a bunch of cabs are waiting, just to mm-hmm. take people to and from where they want to go. And we ended up getting charged like about what, like $50 in like, $50. US. Yeah. 50 US dollars. And from the airport there, but it wasn't too long of a drive either. I think it was like a 30 minute drive or something. Mm-hmm. $50 in US for a 30 minute drive. Like, okay, that's nothing over here. Like, that's, like, comparable over here. But, like, over there, that's really expensive. So mm-hmm. we actually got scammed because one of my friends that lives there, I was showing him the, like, I was telling him, like, oh, my God, it's so expensive. But then we were talking about, like, using Gojek home or go- Grab back from the airport, uh, from the hotel to the airport when we were leaving. And he's like, oh, my God, it's so, no, like, the taxi scams you. That's not how much it was supposed to be. So essentially – when you're, and it was like one of those ones where it was a 
box and you just grab your ticket and then go to your taxi. You would think that that's a legit thing, but the thing is he had a counter and I guess you're supposed to tell them to like use the counter or whatever, but I wasn't sure what was going on really. And we had just landed. Yeah, we had just landed, so... Yeah, and in those stressful situations, you don't really know what to do. Like, he's driving you and stuff. What are you going to do? Like, yell at him and be like, hey, use, like, the counter? Like, it's just really difficult to have that kind of communication at that point, especially when they don't speak your language. So, and he didn't even drop us off in the right place. He, like, dropped us off in this, like, alleyway, and it was hot and humid. We barely see anything. It was really hard. So, um, yeah, I would just... I would try to, as much as possible, use any form of, of like a, an app or something, something that you can clearly see the rate at which you're going to be charged and then the final outcome. Like with taxis, they use cash and stuff. And a lot of times with that, they can just scam you a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I did lots of research for that because I was just trying to figure out, you know, like what's the best form of transportation? I definitely recommend like anywhere you go, look that up. Like whether you're going to Europe, whether you're going to Africa, whether you're going to anywhere, I don't care where you're going, look that up because it's super Mm -hmm. helpful. You don't want to get to a place and then be like, oh crap, I didn't even think about transportation. That's like the hugest, like big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, because I always think about food and maybe (laughs) like you would think that I would consider I need to transport myself to this food location. Nope, doesn't process. (laughs) But me and Robin also used a just like good old Google Sheets, which is mm-hmm. like the same as Excel pretty much, just to plan out our whole trip. Uh, with Google Sheets, you can just share it with each other. Not sponsored, but Google, hey, hit me up. Anyways, <laughs> so, um, so Robin and I would just go into the sheet and we would have weekly calls and stuff bi-weekly, weekly calls, and we would literally map out and budget and put out exactly how much every single flight is, what time each flight is going to come in and out, our itinerary and everything, our food locations, exactly where these locations are going to be, the number of days we're going to be at each place so that we know how much we can fill in in terms of events and activities and how much money each of these activities will be. So we research it beforehand, especially Singapore, because those um, attractions are very expensive. So you have to make sure that you're getting the best deal, like using city passes. And if these places have Groupons and stuff, like take advantage of all those things. Um, But with the Google Sheets too, when you're done with it, you can literally save it offline on your on your phone. So the great thing is when you're in these new different countries that may not have as much signal and service, uh, you can still use it and and like be able to reference your entire itinerary instead instead of using some of these like travel apps. I know that they're pretty cool and a lot of them look really great and they're really handy too, but. For us, we realized that this just good old Google Sheets did the trick for us. Yeah, it really helped us during our entire trip. Also helped with budgeting, which is like, I guess what this is about. So it was super helpful with budgeting. And it just helped us kind of keep everything in order and compare prices, you know, like, oh, maybe this hotel was more expensive. So maybe we can try to find like a cheaper hotel here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just really convenient for us. That was like, probably the most helpful thing I think pre-travel to Mm -hmm. do was to plan for that um we actually we had pretty much everything on point except for the first thing we got to flights yeah even the flights we had on point 
except for the first day we got to Thailand. We had forgotten that we had an extra day because we got off of our flight at 1 p.m., but that actually ended up working in our favor. Oh, a.m., you're right, 1 Mm -hmm. a.m., but it ended up working in our favor because we were exhausted, and we didn't go to sleep until, like, maybe 6 a.m. that day, I guess I should say. We were so tired, yeah, because we flew in, and then we had all the fiasco about getting to the airbnb finding it getting in because like the door key mm-hmm. wasn't was weird you remember oh that? yeah it was very weird to get in because he had a, like a a key but it was like Thing. invisible it was very weird it was so strange and like we had to wait for the lady to answer us it was just stressful and then we had to go get some food because we we're starving mm-hmm. so anyways but yeah it worked out in our favor because we took a nap <laughs> yeah Highly recommend that too. Integrate yes. naps in. Please yeah. forget to plan a day. <laughs> I promise you won't regret it. When your time zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just to relax a bit because I know if you're like shaking and tired and exhausted, I don't think that you're gonna have the best time, even if you're in a new city. So exactly. Yeah. But I think all in all, like before the actual trip it takes forever to plan and it just gets you to the point where you're like I don't even want to think about this anymore I don't want to research this anymore I just want to go right like it gets like so exhausting and overwhelming you're just tired because like booking flights and stuff it's really fun until you see like your banking account go down (laughs) and then you're just like planning all these logistics and stuff but then it doesn't feel like reality but then when you're there it's so worth it it is you'll you will not regret being like fully planned out and fully researched and like mm-hmm. knowing everything like and even then we still had like so many hiccups and so many bumps but yeah. like we would have had a lot more I think that if we didn't plan so. everything out as well as we did so so okay so in terms of like miscellaneous tips I learned <laughs> these like from Robin Sue. Robin bought like a little laundry bag and it was so helpful oh yes bring a laundry bag but those are, yeah that was like my best purchase I was so happy I think it was like, a great purchase yeah uh, it really helped separate your my clothes because you know when you're traveling for two weeks it's you're going to pack up a lot of dirty clothes you're going to want to clean up a lot of dirty clothes and so definitely you know try to get a laundry bag to bring with you mm-hmm. one that can you can that can um fold and up stretch. inside itself yeah and yeah yeah I didn't have, I had like a little mini one and it was not as big. So I definitely need to buy a laundry bag because I used to use the ones from the hotel, but they're plastic. They're not reusable and it's hard to be able to put a lot of stuff in them. And then we even use like laundry services when we were in Bali and things like they want, like before the day starts, you go and you bring your laundry they wash it, they fold it, they like even press it and put it in like a neat little organized bag for you. And then when you come home for the end of the day, you just stop by, pay it and and it smells good. It's so mm-hmm. nice. And it was very inexpensive. That was like the really great thing about that. So. It was so cheap. We would never do it anywhere else. Let's be real. We never, <laughs> we would never do it in America at all. Yeah, we wouldn't do it, but like there it was so <laughs> worth it. Other things I would recommend to, um, I always have a, this is like so pretentious. I always have a face mask, like those little like eye, eye masks. Um, <laughs> not like, not like skincare masks, but like those like eye, what do they call them? Like the little sleep 
sleeping mask. I know. Yeah. Sleeping mask. Yeah. Sleeping mask. I always have a sleeping mask for the flight because I can't stand any light when I'm sleeping. So if you're on a flight, you never know when the lights are going to go on and off. So that would be something that I recommend having like a neck pillow that is not made of beads. Like the ones that are made out of, um, memory foam, the memory foam ones are the way to go. If you have like a beads one and stuff, they like mesh and move. They don't really give you your neck that kind of structure that you need. So definitely get a, like a memory foam one for sure. Like the, yeah, it may seem expensive, like $13, whatever it is, but it is so nice, especially when you're like on the flight for a long period of time. Do you have any other miscellaneous random things? I was trying to think while you were talking, but I can't think of anything. I'm sure there's like a bunch of other things that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, um, a passport cover. I think those are so yes. necessary. So, okay. <laughs> That's another, these are all pretentious things. <laughs> because, like, oh, because we keep pulling in and out our passport and like getting, and they like have to stamp and put all this stuff. And every time they like move it and bend it and stuff, that cover keeps like coming off and like wearing and tearing and you have that thing for like how 10 years so I highly recommend having a passport cover and it makes it a lot easier for you to locate your passport too when time comes and that little blue thing that they do oh whatever color your passport is that like thing the pieces in the front and the back like it's not made of really nice material I promise you that stuff is not sturdy <laughs> oh also <laughs> Sorry. Always have a pen. Always have a pen. Like, I don't care where you put this pen, put it in your bra, put it in your pants. I don't care. Always have a pen because you're, you never know when you need to sign documentation. When you're on these flights, when every single international flight, you always have to fill out forms when you're entering and exiting countries. Um, so keep a pen because you can't, you, you don't want to wait until somebody else, uh, gives you one and you have to wait in line longer and stuff, just like have it so that you can fill it out early on. And so you can get straight into line or wherever it may be when you get to the destination. And I mean, I feel like it's always good to have a pen anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, Last tip. <laughs> trying to think. So my friend also has this, like she bought this little hanging thing that you hang around like the chair in front of you so you can like put your feet into it and it's kind of like a it, it looks almost as if you're in those like hammocks except it's just like what a little piece that's like round that coming down from like the tray table to your feet so you can just hang your feet because you know how sometimes like your feet have to like be and bend a certain way but if you like can hammock it then your feet will be straighter and you can sleep the whole time you know what I mean yeah I've seen those before yeah 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 so that would also be another travel tip thingy you were so full of tips and I'm like here like I think that's all I got (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think if there's anything else my tip enjoy yourself that's the biggest thing. <laughs> That's you can the stress thing. over budget. You can stress over where you're staying, your transportation, food, whatever. But just realize that the entire time, no matter what happens, just try to enjoy yourself and, you know, keep that going. Don't let any blunders or mistakes, like, ruin your time. Because I know when yeah. you're traveling overseas, you're bound to, like, you know, run, run into, into some something. issue, something, yeah. yeah. 
And keep so, that open mind, positive vibes. You're on vacation. Exactly. So make sure you keep in that vacation mindset and always be open to new things and explore, you know. Yeah. Enjoy your travels, guys. Send us places so we can wander less and hopefully make make it there too one day. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. That's going to be it for tonight. And we'll be back next week. So <laughs> that's going to be it for me signing out from Tampa. And signing out from Seattle. Bye, guys.